As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Totally Football Show. Today, cup replays. Chelsea demolish Villa. Can they build on that or will there be another flat showing this weekend? Also, AFCON semis. We love Luton, Neil Mope not so much. Man City on the march, West Ham's golden age and an actual arse about face as we revisit the Gunners' win over Liverpool. It's the Totally Football Show. listener are you ready excellent off we go with this brand new totally football show we're recording this on thursday the 8th of february hope it finds you well i'm sat here with duncan alexander hello james hi duncan and charlie ecosher hello hello charlie of the athletic and also benjamin yardo from pickfair and also uncle jeff's nephew Hey Jimbo! All right then. It's a nice T-shirt, that Benji. Thank you. Always, always be closing, uh, etc. Hey, Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, no, I know the reference. Classic mammy. No, I'm just no, you know, always on marketing. Oh, I see. Right, crucial part of my persona. Yeah. Pick fair. That's the one. Place to get your pictures. That's right. Yeah, I'm back at work now. Had a bit bit of paternity leave. Uh, We're in we're in the night feed zone. Uh, so if I talk more bollocks than usual, then then um, just get, getting my excuses in early. How old's the baby? Three months. Oh, congratulations! Thanks, man. Um, will you be extra sweary again today, Benji? I'll not? try not to be. All I'll right, try not to be. All right then. Is it because we're on, is it because we're on YouTube? Is that why we've got to be? No, more I'm, well behaved? I'm just quite sensitive. That's all. <laughs> Sorry, Jimbo. That's I'll, all right. We get a swear jar. We should get a swear jar. That's a thought. That's a thought, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, loads to talk about today. Okay, AFCON final to preview. Daniel Story will be joining us on the line from the Côte d'Ivoire. Uh, we've got big weekend of Premier League action. We've also got freshly decided FA Cup fifth round fixtures after the fourth round replays. Uh, all sorts of drama here. I'm not sure if you were across it. We've got uh, Nottingham Forest. They'll be taking on Man United at the city ground towards the end of February after they beat championship side Bristol City with a penalty shootout Wednesday night. Coventry, meantime, will be the opponents in the fifth round for sixth-tier Maidstone United after the Sky Blues hammered Sheffield Wednesday 4-1 on Tuesday night. And Southampton 
beat Watford 3-0. Did you see, by the way, Sekumara's mm. outrageous goal? I mean, the whole team, but especially him. Charles, a lovely bit of composed work to get Dibbling going. Dibbling's driving, he's poked it beautifully to Adams. The move continues, Dibbling's down, advantage, play to Mara! Smashes an absolute crackerjack! Where has he unleashed that from, the young Frenchman? Well, it's rare you get a goal that's both kind of team ball in action, as this was. Um, I think Southampton maybe tweeted it as... I think it was they tweeted something like playing football the Southampton way. Mm. I wasn't so familiar that this was necessarily the Southampton way, but apparently it is. But yeah, it's, a, it's one of those... Um, it's a bit like those Ipswich goals that went viral earlier oh, yeah. in the season when they play all the way out. But it has all that, but then also finishes with a kind of spectacular finish as well. So it's sort of two types of goal in one. It's one of those uh, moments when, had he missed it, it would have gone... If he'd scored that, it would have yeah. been goal of the season. But he actually... Mm. I mean, it's a rocket. Yeah, yeah, they'd have yeah. done Ooh. that in Brazil, they would have been talking about it on a podcast. Russell Martin is doing something down there, but it feels... Is it, I don't trust it anymore. Because Do you not? Well, we saw well, with 24 Burnley, games unbeaten, not enough know, for you, Benji. But the rehabilitation of the of the footballing brand, all that kind of thing, which Burnley did well, last season, and now it's not quite working uh, in the As Charlie now. says, it's concerning that they're describing it as the Southampton way, because how, well, let's see how that gets on next season if they come up on the opening Friday against Manchester City. I remember yeah. seeing Mara last year and being quite interested in him when he arrived. <laughs> and he was rubbish in the Premier League. Hmm. So, it, oh yeah. And I listen, I'm sorry, I don't want to... Southampton oh there you go again oh, <laughs> where's jar. the jar um, but yeah I, I, I was actually speaking to a Southampton supporting friend this morning yes and that was his first reaction because I saw that and I sent it to him I was like whoa he's like yeah I know I know but you know look what happened with Burnley and we're trying maybe he's trying not to get too excited but okay. I mean it does look good doesn't it yeah the it Southampton way mm. could be Wembley way for Saints if they continue in this fashion however uh, they've got a tough opponent in the fifth round Liverpool at Anfield the other a midweek tie in those fourth-round replays was, of course, a plucky underdog FA Cup story as under-pressure Pochettino's Chelsea side put in perhaps their best performance yet, beating Aston Villa at Villa Park 3-1. Woof. Two weeks ago, these two sides met at Sanford Bridge and had a nil-nil draw, but this time around, till the last kind of 15 minutes or so, there was only one side in it. Why? What did Pochettino do? We dropped Thiago Silva for one, <laughs> yeah. and Raheem Sterling. Mm. I mean, this is Chelsea, isn't it? They are generally not that impressive, <laughs> but they've got so many good players that when it does click occasionally, they they can go and do this. And and yeah, it was pretty comfortable in the end, and featured a delightful free kick oh, from was, uh, Enzo yeah. Fernandez. And we did a piece in the Athletic the other week, sort of bemoaning the decline of direct free kick goals. They really no one really scores them or even takes them anymore, mm. apart from James Will Prowse, or they hasn't scored one for oh, yeah. your mob. But this was a yeah, this was a throwback. This was lovely. It really was. The angle behind the goal captures mm. it beautifully. Is that the one where you can see Conor Gallagher turning around, yeah. doing an oh my days? And it's type. also the last minute appearance of Martinez. Yeah, as well. <laughs> it's slightly annoying. Martinez gets the faintest mm, of hands yeah. on it. I really wish he hadn't for mm. the aesthetics of the goal. But fair play to him. He's got to try, I suppose. Mm. Conor Gallagher, <laughs> by the way, also got his first goal of the season because in our last show we were doing a big Chelsea is is time up for Poch, all that kind of thing. And uh, Conor Gallagher was one of the things that Matt Davis Adams was talking about that he just doesn't score or assist. First of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, first, first of the thing. season. It was the game was a real sort of narrative buster, really, because coming into it, you know, Villa had refound their their shooting boots, and the, the the Chelsea midfield seemed to sort of exemplify this like dearth of experience. 
that they're sort of suffering from this this year, especially when you look at who went out the door. Look at, you know, Jorginho, Arteta was singing Jorginho's praises over the weekend and you know, Kovacic to let go of even Mount, right? And those three, Gallagher, uh, Caicedo and Enzo, actually were all really good last night. Um, I think they, you know, arguably um, Caicedo had his best game for Chelsea. So there's, there's, there is, you know, there's clear, as Duncan says, there's clearly enough quality there for the, for the clock to, the, what's, the, what's the phrase for the, the, the clock to the be right clock twice, to <laughs> twice, be, twi- twi- be right twice a day. Um, but we have to see what they do this weekend. Do I, do I believe they will transpose that form into the Premier League? God knows. You just don't know with Chelsea. It's like United. I mean, we're hurtling towards a 2022-style league and FA Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. Yeah. Mm. So the Southam- we're relying on the Southampton way to go to Anfield and <laughs> prevent this. Okay. Who did Chelsea have in the next round? Leeds. Leeds. A fixture dripping in violence. History and violence, yeah. Leeds who earned their place in the uh, last 16 with a 4-1 victory against Plymouth. One of the wettest games I've ever seen. Is that right? It rained. I mean, it's rained a lot all week in various Mm. places. Uh, Suzanne Charlton style there. But, um, yeah, it was... it was a sort of game where but I imagine both managers wept. You wouldn't be able to tell so much water, but um, because it went to extra time and no one right. needs that. Okay. I and a shower of goals for, it didn't go to extra time. for Leeds. Yes, it did go to extra time. Yeah, they yeah. scored 4-1. Oh, yeah, they won. Yes, 4-1. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my brain just went 4-1. Yeah. I know what it is, because I saw a 4-1 AET. It's yeah, lovely. yeah, that is a rare, a rarity, a rare mm. treat. Forgot yeah. about Willy Nyonto. Like mm. he he is, I'm sort of surprising that he's just remained in the championship all season. Like last year when we played them at Ellen Road, he was the best player on the pitch. They've done quite well to retain some of those players' leads. I know they lost Sinistera, but um, fun team, really fun team. Okay, uh, while we're speaking about exciting people, Noni Madueke, a lot of Chelsea fans very excited about his performance against Villa and the way that Poch pushed him and Nicholas Jackson up to essentially pin back Villa and, and stop them doing their usual thing. Have Villa been a bit found out of late, do you think? Well, I don't know about found out. I think they were always slightly overperforming when they were like right at the top. And it is surprising because they had this amazing home record and now they've lost two in a row. 2023, they only lost four home games in all competitions all year. They've lost both of their their home fixtures yeah. so far this calendar year. I mean, they were on a crazy run from when they lost in February to Arsenal. They won every home league game until about December, until until they drew with Sheffield United. Um, yeah, I I don't know if, if they've been found out a little bit. I just think they've, maybe they don't have quite the squad depth that you need if you need to, if, if you want to, you know, be right at the very top, but they're still over, overperforming. Didn't that happen with Liverpool when they like had this crazy home run for years that was the lockdown year. but then they lost but then they lost like three yeah. in a row or 2021 they, well, they suddenly went on a once your fortress crumbled they lost yeah. six in a row which is the first time they'd ever done that in their entire history as a club And so. but that was preceding that was a wild yeah, yeah. unbeaten run at home yeah they'd mm. won they'd almost won four years in, yeah so it was, it, it was Allardyce's Palace in 2017 yeah nice. on St George's Day which is a lovely time uh. um, and then they it was Burnley who breached it Burnley, yes, but before that, about being tough to before that, Allardyce yeah. set it off again because they drew, I think, on Boxing Day with West Brom. Allardyce is West Brom, so he he came back from from the past and set the, the yeah. seeds of doubt. And then, yeah, Deitch's Burnley were the first one. So and then everyone had a go for them. Yeah, yeah. Boots um, were filled. But yeah, I mean, Noni Madwek is an interesting player because he was at Spurs. Uh, he was in their academy, uh, and then he went and played at PSV and and did really well there. He he is an interesting player. I mean, he's definitely got something about him um, he's a goal threat I know he hasn't scored loads but he, he does have a knife for goal 
Is it? I mean, they have so many. They they rotate so much. You know, you you watch one player and it, oh, he could be quite good, and then you don't see him Cole, for a couple Cole of weeks. Cole Palmer's the only one that Palmer's I truly believe in. Like yeah. the rest of them still question marks. Same with Madueke. Like he had that really fun run last night where he. He basically just bundles his way down the wing and then I can't remember what he did next, but it was it cut him out a shot probably because that's what he generally does. But I just he's he's like chaotic, he's chaotic fun. Where whereas Palmer, you watch him and he just seems to always do cool. what you don't quite expect. Yeah, he's got Cold real Palmer. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's a really beautiful footballer, I think. I kind mm. of keep working out how do we fit him into an England side. I'm not sure he does on this 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 kind of iteration of England. But Take him in the squad and then... Yeah, then let, let, let Gareth... Has, and yeah. him has he got a Jordan Henderson season. costume? That might get him <laughs> Very nice. So we'll see if Chelsea can repeat those exploits in the league when they take on Crystal Palace this weekend. Let's get a quick check on the fixtures of the weight and uh, match day 24. Now, last weekend was the highest scoring match day ever in a 20-team Premier League season. 45 goals, That Charlie. is amazing. It is, isn't it? This weekend, Match Day 24, is a repeat of the Boxing Day fixtures. When? Harp noises, please. David Moyes won his first ever game at the Emirates as West Ham beat Arsenal 2-0. Man United came from 2-0 down at halftime to vanquish Villa 3-2. Forrest won 3-1 at Newcastle with Chris Wood scoring a hat-trick. Luton beat Sheffield United 3-2 at Bramall Lane and Wolves battered the Bees 4-1 at the GTEC. Brighton tonked Tottenham 4-2 and Man City came from behind to eviscerate Everton 3-1 and Chelsea were last gasp winners against Palace. There were also wins for Liverpool at Burnley and Bournemouth against Fulham in the Scott Parker was here derby. Reverse fixtures this time. What, what a remarkable set of results that was back on Boxing Day. Classic Boxing Day. Mm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> well, there is a, you mentioned before that, yeah. that 45 goals. Yeah. This season we're on 3.2 goals per game, which right. is the highest rate in a top flight season since 1964 65. Oh, yeah. Which and is that's long the famous boxing. Time. Well, that was 1963, but we're, we're back okay. in the ballpark. So mm. we are, you know, we, we've had a long period of, of suppressed scoring, but now we're heading back to the carefree early 60s. Okay. Wow. Where, where are we going to see the goals flying in this weekend? Shall we start, actually, with Manchester City, who may well be responsible for uh, a large number of them? They are now just two points off the top again. After their 3-1 win on Monday night against Brentford. And they have a game in hand. And they have a game in hand. So Liverpool two against points Brentford. clear. Against Brentford. Also against, against Brentford. Brentford. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. A quick word on Monday's performance. I noticed that once again, City conceded with the first shot on target. Yeah. Which the Athletic point out in a brave piece entitled Why Manchester City Might Not <laughs> Win the Title. Do read this, please. Uh, is the 12th time that's happened in all competitions this season. Goalkeeper assists, and, first uh, of the year. Yeah. yeah. Three <laughs> times they've conceded from the first two shots. Really? Yeah. Well, I score from a flick on when you can score from a flecken. That's Ooh. very, very Tom nice. Victor on, on Twitter. Okay. I know you want to mention, Duncan, that Mark Flecken is now level with Jack Grealish and Kai Havertz for Premier League assists this season. Mm. It was a good assist. He, I mean, he's been, it's fair to say, pretty poor for Brentford this season. His base on XG, he's sort of letting eight more goals than the average keeper would have done. But he was on a mission in that first half to reverse that trend. He made nine saves. And it did feel at, that, at one point like it was going to be one of those City do everything but, you know, but score. But then 
they've got players like Phil Foden and the juggernaut is in full yeah, fully operational second death star yeah that mode that they do mm. that thing they do where they win loads of games and break the back of the competition so we'll see I mean we'll see well they, they have I remember saying they, they this run of games did look like a run they could really get stuck mm. into I think from playing Aston Villa uh, in fairly early December to Manchester United at the beginning of March they play one top half team which is Newcastle they, lo- they lost the game at Villa right they lost at Villa yeah, yeah. And, and that was the point at which people thought oh maybe this is going to be different and now they've well, the run well I feel like so Bernardo Silva and Rodri and De Bruyne are sort of like Pep's Horcruxes, his, his, his like sole subdivider on a football pitch. And in the three games they've lost this season, uh, those three were not playing together. In fact, Silva played in two of them. So Silva played versus Villa and he played versus Arsenal. Um, and when they lost to Wolves, the other team they lost to, none of those three were playing. I do sort of feel now that like Rodri's fit again, obviously KDB's back, mm. Silva's playing regularly, like... We're just kind of buggered, aren't we? I mean, it's a year since Rodri lost a game. So, yeah, he basically went, yeah, more than a year. Let's see. For now, they are still two points behind Liverpool. They have won nine games in a row. They do have a game in hand. They did have Haaland and De Bruyne starting together for the first time since the opening day of the season, Monday night at the G-Tech. But next up, they host Everton. Everton. Everton drew this game last season. Yeah, he did. <laughs> with Frank Lampard in charge. Yeah. So anything's possible. They uh, scored in this game last season with their first yeah. shot on target. They did. I know that because it was their only shot yeah. on target. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, uh, yeah, a bit of a freak draw. It was an amazing goal, Damari Gray. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll probably have to be similarly lucky in inverted commas to get a point uh, on the weekend because City will dominate the game. I mean, Everton as well. I don't know if Anana and Decore, either of them, will be back. That's really big for them. Been missing both of them. I think it's a, if, if they're without both of them, even if they're without one of them, it's a big ask for them to go and get something. Um, you know, they uh, you know, saw the Spurs game, obviously, last week, and they, um, they, they did well in that to come back into it. But this is... They won't have Dyke level. on the touchline. Yeah. Indeed. They'll have Ian Wone. Um, mm. Who if anyone cares, had the most assists in the Premier League in the calendar year of 1995, very much the Kevin De Bruyne of the Britpop <laughs> era, as I like to think of him. Mm. Mm. He did score some lovely goals in the Forest. Mm. Yeah. Who was the Britpop footballer? Same oh, oh, Paul, 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 Paul McGregor. McGregor. Paul McGregor. Paul McGregor, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was that about? He just was in a band. He was in a band. He, he oozed bands. I mean, it wasn't, he, he, he wasn't band, just in one. But he cut yeah, him yeah, open yeah, and yeah. he bled cooler shaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, uh, what band was he in? I can't remember what they were cool, but they were like he. I think did he was in the audience for TFI Friday once, I believe. It was, it was so. just like it was a. It was almost like a page a week in Shoot magazine on right. yeah. McGregor because you know he had a hinterland and shaggy hair and played the guitar. It was, See, I was in Italy through all of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. TFI Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a real question? No, no, I've not. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it so, was surprising yeah. no one to know there was an interview with Paul McGregor in the Athletic in 2020. Nice. Of course there was. All right, anyway, so Man City hosting Everton, who are in the bottom three. It is the FFP derby. It's taking place at Saturday, 12.30. The other two top three teams are Liverpool and Arsenal. And Liverpool will be facing Burnley. Arsenal, meanwhile, fresh from last Sunday's triumph over Klopp's side, will be visiting Benji, the London Stadium, to take on West Ham. Before we get on to the Hammers, or sorry, the f***ing Hammers... (laughs) (laughs) Jimbo. We, um, we should address the Arsenal question because we drew. 
We drew a bit of criticism on our Sunday night hot take special uh, podcast where we, fresh off the back of the 4.30 game, mm. record our thoughts on the weekend's action. And a lot of Arsenal fans... What flag? Hmm? What flag did he get? Well, so our take on the game was it was a bit mad and the way that the goals went in rendered it completely unsuitable for any kind of serious analysis or even projections of a team's return to the title race in the case of Arsenal. A lot of gooners getting in touch. I think that's that's a bit bad of you lot. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, do you know what? I listened back. And, and maybe we were hasty. We'll find out this weekend a little bit more. But a lot of Arsenal supporters pointing out the reason that uh, Liverpool had 0.01 of XG was because Arsenal shut them down. And if we're going to talk about flaky goals for Arsenal, what about the fact that Liverpool's only goal was equally flaky? Yeah, yeah. And that Arsenal deserve... Yeah, basically, they might shove our words back down our throats this I, Sunday. I think the important thing with this is this is not isolated. They restricted Liverpool to next to nothing was mm. it 0.4 xg yeah they played city earlier in the season restricted them to absolutely nothing over the course of the whole season arsenal have by far the best defensive record when it comes to expected goals against yeah i think it's 17.8 or something and they've conceded 23 you know miles better than anyone so i think if arsenal were i think do you know what i think part of it comes down to the fact that people still see arsenal as a kind of madcap team mm. and so this is just another one of those kind of crazy games when they're they're absolutely not that team. They're, they're Are they really. Not? Are they not? Like there, there was that dodgy period over Christmas, this, the, the, the the palindromic uh, you know, fixture when we beat them. Yeah. Um, and then there was why a, palindromic? So just in my mind, it's the, it's it's however many weeks ago the same one. I know it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Maybe it's not quite palindromic, is it? Not. not in fact, it annoys me that it's not, not palindromic. Right. I think if I think it should be. Oh yeah, that would be amazing. Oh no 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 no. Why? What? First and last game well, is the same. Well, that's Bundesliga. Is that what they do? Oh no, they do it just exactly the same. Like, yeah. Do that, yeah. yeah. No, I'd like it to be. You should do it. Go, go first and last, and then just move what it. What do you Perfectly think? Reversed. Just completely random, like they do here. Completely random. Yeah, like you know. I don't like that. But last yeah. week was yeah. the reverse of the opening day. Oh, that's a long. Or the midweek, a few weeks ago, and then this this weekend's boxing keep day. it fresh. Yeah, mm. I want it like serpentine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How about? But then you'd have back to back. Fine. You like that? That'd be fun. Yeah. Just all go to a sports centre in Hounslow and then just play play it out. Yeah. Sorry, Benji. I can't remember what I was saying. You uh, were yeah, saying about Arsenal, Arsenal flaky. They are, they are still... Uh, no. They won't enjoy me saying this, but I still feel like Arsenal are a bit spursy. No. Like, you just... Oh, I don't... I, can, I, don't I, can, yeah, I can see the fingers them. reaching for... <laughs> so, do you, know what, do you no. know what's interesting? I think, like, if you actually look at how they've been this season... The weird thing is, as well, is if you're going to say that Arsenal-Liverpool was a kind of crazy game... Mm. I mean, Arsenal lost to West Ham in a game that coloured, I think, a lot of how people view Arsenal... But that was a mad... I mean, Arsenal they broke all records for big chances, missed, XG, etc., etc. Touches the game, in the box without scoring. Yeah, if you replayed that game 100 times, they'd probably win it 90-odd. Mm. And the weird thing about that well, game was... they will be was, replaying it, of course. This well, week. yeah. They'll, they'll, and they'll, they'll win this weekend. But our, we're our, not good at the moment. Our, yeah. Arsenal were coming off the back there of their two best performances of the season. They played Brighton, beat them. Deserby was, like, blown away. Arsenal were brilliant on the day. They drew at Liverpool. And then they lost... And, and I can see why that is like a... And then they lost at Fulham, which compounded and they when they did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, that, but that's kind of been their own... I mean, they've been, they were top of the league bit. after Liverpool. Mm. It's funny. I, I also think it's partly informed by the fact there were so few games uh, after Fulham and the weekend. Like There were so few Premier League games in January. There was a lot of time for those two defeats to percolate. Yeah, in the, yeah. They didn't play again in the league for three weeks. Yeah. So it was kind of like... 
their and done. And they've won all their games they're, since. Yeah. I feel like yeah. there was a draw. No, and, they've uh, won three. They've beat Palace 5 0, okay. Fulham away. Uh, sorry, Forest away, and then. And, and to Charlie's point, I think that last year they were. this Going into this time last year, they were a bit mack up. They had all those last minute wins, and it was a bit getting a bit desperate, and they were kind of running on fumes. But they are. You know, Declan Rice has made them, helped make them the, the most controlled team in Europe. Um, the last. Ever since 2016 17, the team that's conceded the fewest shots on target. Has won the Premier League. Okay, who's conceded the few shots Arsenal on target? By four. Wow. So, yeah. Hmm. I think it's, it's really interesting because. Duncan, are you the man who said Chelsea were going to finish second in the league? And Luton was there, yeah. Suggesting that Arsenal are going to win the title? No, but I'm suggesting that they are. They are I think last weekend's result They're put them real. back in it and yeah. they've got to go to City, City have got to go to Anfield. I think it's, it's a genuine three horse race, albeit one horse is a glistening pedigree stallion. Mm. I think that Liverpool game is sort of encapsulates Arsenal a little bit this season in that they have given away very few chances, but they they haven't kept as many clean sheets or conceded as few Mm. goals as they should have done because they do still have a moment in them, like that moment to give Liverpool a goal, which was totally bizarre, shoot yourself in the foot. You'd imagine that but Ironically, if you shot yourself in your foot, he might have cleared the ball. Yeah, possibly just out of <laughs> yeah, jerk, knee-jerk reaction. Um, but if the numbers sort of catch up with the underlying ones, then they will start to concede fewer. And yeah, it, they're, they're interesting because they are, they're pivoting to a different way of playing. And I think that has, there have been some teething issues with that in the first half of the season. Um, but there are signs that it's starting to work, I think. And that's, you know, this time last year, was there were signs that Arsenal's approach, which had been brilliant in the autumn and early winter, yeah. was starting to run out of steam. Whereas yeah. I think this season's the reverse. Ooh. So, and we know that City have perfected that, you know, get, getting better. And, and you maybe Liverpool, you know, maybe Liverpool are starting to show a few signs of, of fatigue or, you know. I mean, well, Liverpool the other way round, I have to say, I... Thought they were obviously they were really bad on the weekend, but I did think that had been coming. I mean, they they give up a huge amount of chances, and you can say, well, that's fine because they've got Allison and they've got Van Dyke. We'll bail them out until they don't. Yeah. And you know, so I don't think you can have it both ways. You can't say we're going to give up those chances. We've got Allison. It's fine, lads. And then he makes a chance and he makes yeah. an error, and then you say, oh, well, we'll write that off. It's just one of those things. Yeah. You know, maybe he won't. But I, I, I don't know. I think there's something that midfield is not. I don't. I don't think McAllister at I mean, Arsenal going to win a title. Like he was so overworked, he yeah. was having to cover, and it was it just didn't didn't work. So I mean, obviously Shobazlai's missing, and that's a loss. But yeah, Rose I mean, Salah too. Yeah, and that's obviously a big. Mm. But we still don't know, you know, how bad his hamstring is. Indeed not, and they are still top of the league. They're facing Burnley. Arsenal will try and live up to those words of praise when they visit West Ham. So Benji two 0 for West Ham over the Gunners in December. West Ham haven't won a game since. Yeah, we, the, the, there's a fairly substantial thing that happened in between, which is, that was 26th, Boxing Day, on the mm. 28th. No, that uh, was 28th. Was that 28th? Yeah, it was played on the 28th. It was part of the Boxing Day round, but played on the Oh, 28th. right. Well, it was that game then that I think Lucas Pacquiao yeah, was. Yeah, got Pacquiao came off, yeah. And it, ah. and it might be massively oversimplifying it, but it might not. Like, we've been pretty rubbish since then, and obviously Kudos went off to the AFCON. Um, I think ultimately with David Moyes' sides, you know what you're going to get in terms of like aggression, um, set pieces, really quick breaks. But really, his teams are at their best when you've got someone who's sort of accelerating that transition with a bit of a bit of flair and a bit of guile. And and, and for you know, in his Everton sides, that was uh, Pinar. 
Okay. And and probably the best period he's had as a West Ham manager was when Lingard was, was was doing that for us. And I think and 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 Pagetar is that guy in this team. Without him and then without Kudus, we've been pretty sort of meat and two veg over the last little while. Kudus is back now though. Did you see that Jesse Lingard has found a new club? I know mm. he's gone to Korea. I love that. Yeah. Gone to prolong his career in Korea. There you go. FC give, Seoul. Give for the Seoul. Yeah. 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 Nice. Do they do they pay loads over there? Or is I it have just no idea. I don't think a, so. He's doing a But an amazing yeah, city. Fantastic. Yeah, it's a great city. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I'll have a lovely time. Uh, now, Declan Rice returning to the London Stadium. What kind of reception, etc., Benji? There'll be a minority of knobheads that will, will boo him, but I can pretty much guarantee the vast majority of the West Ham fans will give him a, give him a, um, a good reception. It was very fun in the re- reverse fixture mm. on the 28th, as Charlie's pointed out. Um, it was almost perfect that he conceded a last-minute mm-hmm. penalty that then was it, I think Ben Rama missed yeah. in his rather kind of sad uh, exit from West Ham. That was the beginning of it. Um, and everybody was singing at Declan Rice, you should have gone to a big club, gone to a big... I think it was, everyone was enjoying himself. But, um, yeah, he uh, he will... It's not a novelty anymore. He's been back, he's been back twice. Okay. Uh, we, Carabao we played, Cup, we played we, him twice. Yeah, he right. came off the bench in the Carabao Cup game we, when we beat which him. Which he won. Yeah, we beat him twice. Which he was so booed far. when he came on then. But the problem is, right, and this is like an obvious, obvious thing to say, even if it's like 10% of the ground booing, just because mm. you hear it, everyone's like, oh, the West Ham fans all booed. It's like, no, they didn't. There were loads of others that were... Sort of saying boo earns. Saying boo earns, or that were, that were clapping him, or... Um, it's also, he, came, he came on, didn't he? Yeah. So yeah. That is, that's the tricky one, because that does really open up the sort of booing. Yeah, because it's, it's like a moment where you're saying exactly, exactly and also, yeah. like, Whereas if he's just taking touches in midfield... The ones that clapped... And I wasn't there because I had to leave at half time, weirdly. But the ones that clapped, if you think about it, every time he, every time he, um, he touched the ball, you can, you're justified to try and boo him. If, you, if you're a boo person, it's an opportunity to boo every touch, right? Yeah. If you're a clap person, I welcome back Declan. Yeah. You're not going to clap every touch. No. So the story obviously mm. then becomes, oh, West Ham fans booed Declan Rice. But I'd be surprised if there's much of that this weekend. I'll probably be wrong. But. All right. What about booing David Moyes? I noticed that you posted a very handy kind of cutout and keep guide to... One side of the Moyes in, Moyes out yeah. argument. Here's Benji on social media. For the attention of Moyes out brigade, one, European football three years in a row. That's never happened before. Brackets, two years in a row. Hadn't even happened before Moyes. Close brackets. Point two, our first trophy in more than 40 years. Point three, we are seventh. Point four, Pakazar and Kudos play for us. Okay. Uh, and point five, slap yourself in the face and go and have a nap. James, we've yeah. never had it so good. I, I genuinely believe. People, oh, listen! It's this is such recency bias from West Ham fans. It's because we haven't had Kudus and Pagetar for a couple of for, you know six-ish weeks. Right. They kind of forget. Like that's the kind of that's the that's the sugar in the tea, right? That that can make the kind of people that that need entertaining football all the time satisfied with a David Moyes team. Um, so yeah, they haven't had that kind of the, the sweetness over the last little while, and suddenly again it's Moyes out. But like you've had some grim. Grim games this season, though. Yeah, but I just think, look at the context. And it's true, you, with David Moyes as your manager, you are going to get some grim, grim games. It's a, it's, it's a bit like the Diet Coke version of Jose Mourinho. With Jose Mourinho as a manager, certainly back in the day anyway, right. you're going to get some grim, grim games, but you're going to win stuff and you're going to have mm. some fun along the way. And yeah, I, I'm still very much Moyes in. It will come to an end because all good things come to an end. But right. like, I, I, yeah, as I said, we're seventh. Right. Like we are, we are, you know, cumulatively our football's been pretty good this year. There's just been You're some You're above Deserby's Brighton. Yeah, totally. Which, you know. 
and we're above Wolves that everyone's you know sort of singing their praises. Like we're having a good season. I right. think people just get a little bit bored. As Charlie well, that's what saying, is, there's yeah. been these big gaps in football over the last sort of yeah. <laughs> and you got the last sixteen coming up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. I think it is that though. People just are kind of willing to roll the dice now. Like, yeah, it might be worse, but we want something different. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's a. I mean, a, Charlton, a view, Charlton were seventh, obviously, when yeah. Kerbishly yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. get them in the UEFA Cup, and now they are not seventh. There just has been definite progression All right. over, over the last three years. Who knows? Maybe you could be moving above Man United this weekend if you do get yet another win over Arsenal, and United fail to win their match on Sunday when they will be visiting Aston Villa. We'll get on to that game perhaps next. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is the Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The Athletic is the only place you can read articles by Daniel Taylor, Amy Lawrence, Phil Hay, James Pierce, Ollie Kay, and the very best football writers around. All right, so Sunday 4.30, it's Man United taking on Aston Villa at Villa Park. Another controversial moment in last Sunday's show when we were asking if Man United really are back this time. Three wins in a row for them now, the latest one being against West Ham at the weekend. Scoring 11 goals as well in those three matches. The shot conversion rate has gone up. Rasmus Hoyland is finally delivering in the Premier League. The shot conversion thing, I think, is quite important because they've got... It goes under the radar, I think. They've got, statistically, the most creative player in the league in Bruno Fernandes. He's, he's top of the charts for key passes this year. That's the kind of pass that leads to a shot. And it's not just like pass it to someone and he shoots from 30 yards out. He's also, I think, number one in um, big chances created by midfielders. So... If they can, if they can now be converting those chances, they could be onto something. And, and Cause, I cause how many assists has he got for all of that? Only a couple. He got one yeah. against West Ham, of course. But I'm a real Bruno Fernandez truther. Like he, he is statistically remarkable. He was t- last two seasons in a row. He's been top of the key passes charts. And one of the kind of some of the dissonance at Man United, I think, is that in, a lot of other managers would just build their side around Bruno. Like he's a he's a world class player. And I, and I think you know the problem with Ten Hag is he's still trying to sort of make Ajax 2019 you know, obviously wanted what's his name from Barcelona in there Frankie de Jong Frankie de Jong um, and he wanted to build his team around him and actually he should be building his team around Bruno but if if now the forwards can start finishing these chances and Fernandez is su- supplying the ammunition I think they could be onto something I also thought um, after the Wolves game that amazing sort of last minute goal mm. Miguel Delaney made a really good point on Twitter where he said he, I can't remember what, exactly what he said but um, Amari Forson set up Kobe Mainu for, for the goal for the last minute winner and on a different February the 1st you know after a window that was not basically the kind of FFP window that could have been two new signings you know on the pitch rather than these academy boys 
Um, and having having two academy players link up to score a winning goal in the last minute is another kind of little fillet for Man United at the moment. So yeah, let's see. I still don't trust them. It's like Chelsea. Okay. It's like Chelsea. Like, I, of course they've got the cumulative quality within that squad to to win games, to to put aside you know West Ham's and to score last minute winners against Wolves. Are they going to become consistent? Let's see. Well, they and we've spoken about it so often. I know I've gone on about this, but their record against good teams is is awful. Really, really bad. So. This will be way more revealing than them yeah. beating West Ham at home. Is can they go away and beat one of the big teams? Because they almost always lose. Even I mean, draw. historically they've got a great record at Villa Park, both against Aston Villa and in although they endless. did lose this fixture last yeah. season. Yeah, but recently the tables have turned slightly. I mean, I find it interesting that Garnacho is playing so well on the right wing. He's because he's never really played there before. Mm. He said he hadn't played there, and it's like. You know, right-footed players on the right wing scoring goals. It could uh, could come back into fashion. United now sixth after their victory over West Ham. Immediately above them are Spurs, who face Brighton this weekend. Exciting times for Tottenham, Charlie, because looks like uh, Youngmin Son and Yves Basuma are both going to be available for the game against the Seagulls. Potentially, yeah. Son is back uh, in the building today, so it depends how he comes through. Uh, the next couple of days, Basuma was back yesterday. Same with him. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Son's the kind of guy who probably will just really want to start, um, assuming he's fit to do so. But yeah, it's massive. I mean, they've had such injury and suspension and unavailability generally uh, crises over the course of this season, but now they're getting all their players back. And uh, still only two points off the top four. Yeah, and uh, well, or higher. I mean, they're seven points off uh, off the top. And they've had a good January. Um so Richarlison Richarlison's in incredible form written a piece on him it's gone up today he's got nine goals what in eight games what did you games. say Charlie? Well, there's a lot to unpack because he's a very interesting character but a combination of therapy and an operation that's the very top line but there's a lot more in the piece um, have meant we've seen a kind of new man and a new player over the last or, or maybe a return in his mind to the older shots I think he felt that he, he lost who he was at right. times last year he was going through stuff he scored in seven of the last eight Premier League matches the only fixture that he didn't net in was guess what the reverse fixture against Brighton when Brighton won 4-2 he'll have revenge on his mind yeah possibly so Brighton, ruining that sequence Brighton will also have um, Matoma back there you yeah. go. South Korea and Japan, both out. I was quite surprised by that. It's it is Qatar-Jordan final. That's the, it's the dream final. It's wild, yeah. That's what yeah. everyone was hoping for. So, uh, yeah, 4-2 for Brighton over Spurs at the Amex back in December. This is very much Brighton, though. They either score loads of goals or yeah. concede loads of goals. They're a crazy team. Their sequence of... I mean, yeah, they can go from an amazing win one week to a dreadful defeat the next and but I mostly don't really the latter know. Kieran Maguire pointing moment, out yeah. that they've only won four of their last 17 games in the Premier League that's the same that's the same as Crystal Palace and look and they're in crisis there is a big difference I mean Brighton have also had a really good European uh, campaign running alongside this mm. which I think has taken away some of their attention and their yeah resources. after a slow start in Europe but yeah yeah but I mean you know ultimately they're they won finding their, their group feet in continental football there yeah um, they have a bad record after European games but obviously this isn't one of them I, it's going to be a really interesting game mm. between two of the managers who are probably you know this summer is going to be the Liverpool looking for a new manager possibly Manchester United Barcelona I think Postacoglu and De Zerbi are going to be in uh, those conversations and Man City might be looking for a new manager you know end of 
uh, next season. So mm. th- this should be really, really fascinating. Shop window, classico. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Although Deserby mm. won't be in the shop window because he, like Sean Dyche, is suspended for this one. Yeah, love. Can you not be in the shop window from the from the stands? I'm not sure if you can. Uh, That's one for your other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Has now already happened with Deserby? Yes. Oh, second time. Oh, he gets like, a lot of. All the time. I mean, he got sent up last season. He and Christian Stellini, one of the most mild mannered mm. men I've ever seen in football, Deserby drummed up this sort of beef with him it was really weird yeah that was strange it was so odd and he was just going from all game and in the end they both got sent off I think because it was actually one of Stellini's staff but you get Stellini sent off looks so you're, you're deemed as responsible for your Stellini staff Stellini looks so like he genuinely was just like, flummoxed yeah, like, I don't know what I, 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 I like you I've done nothing yeah. I think if they if they did that for on pitch behaviour I've always thought it'd be quite interesting right? you know you see yeah. moments where where um, the, the the players like crowd around the, the the referee, and it's kind of impossible for for the referee not to retreat and be mm. kind of. I think in that situation, Andy the Gerson. captain should get a yellow card. Yeah, don't you think that'd be quite interesting. It but, would like, be interesting because it would well, stop it. It would, it stop would be it. They interesting to see how much. Yeah, because you'd be furious if someone else had got you a booking. I'm yeah. sure that like and sheepish if you got your captain a booking. Yeah, yeah I think well, captain's on a, a one yellow card away from. Yeah, suspension. exactly. Ooh. Well. <laughs> Coming up very now soon, then. in a few weeks, is oh, yeah. the annual IFAB meeting where they where they discuss rule changes or law changes for the following season. And included this year are Simbins. I think that might actually be coming. So we could see, you know, very aggressive players sent off the pitch for five or ten minutes. And goalkeepers who waste time, um, the opposition will get a corner, which I think would be quite good. That's fun. Ooh, that would be good. Goalkeepers who waste time, so the you know opposition get a corner. No, I'm, I'm yeah. just processing that. Mm, that'd be good. So, Would it? Do you because remember that brief period where if you got descent, they move. If you descent, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and then they realised forward. That you could, it was you, worse. Could, you could make it. Yeah, 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 yeah. productive. Somewhat um, topically, I was thinking this last weekend. You know when um, Philip Billing got sent off, hmm. and it was a bit of a debate. Was it a trip? Was it a stomp? Was it what? Was it a, a rake? Um, <laughs> if you foul a player deliberately like that to stop a break, red okay. card. That's Don't m- care, Michael Cox. Yeah. I, I quite enjoy the the art of the. You know, no, it's it is a foul. professional foul. It is like, and and it is, it couldn't be more cynical. And it is dangerous ultimately. Like you know, any it, it's it's no attempt to play the ball. Anyway, I'm you know Philip Billing, pretty pleased that he got a red, maybe not for the right <laughs> reason. Just on the descent. Oh yeah. Factor. Um, this season there have been 152 bookings on the field. Yes. For for descent last year and the whole of last year only 85. Oh. So the campaign to crack down on backchat is is. Operational. Well, Your man Bruno Fernandez, one of three players with four for descent so far this season, along with Andres so Pereira ironic- and Nicholas Jackson. Yeah, a- so ironically, descent is going up. Mm. Mm. Anyway, Spurs Brighton, away from all of that, uh, should be terrific fun, no? Mm. Two teams going at it. That's Saturday at three o'clock, so you can't watch it or anything if you're in the UK. But yeah, afterwards and that. Uh, let's have a look what else. Oh, down the other end. Let's talk about the business at the bottom. Crystal Palace are now. Rumour mill's been busy at Southhurst Park this week, but they are five points off the drop. Below them, you've got Brentford, who are in 15th place. They're only three points off the bottom three. Nottingham Forest, 16th, are just two points clear. Luton in 17th, just one. And the bottom three are Everton, Burnley and Sheffield United. Now, Sheffield United... Saturday at 3 o'clock, we'll be going to Luton in kind of a key game in the relegation battle. The Hatter's only a point clear, but in an absolutely terrific vein of form. Six games unbeaten in all competitions. They've scored 
Four goals in each of their last two Premier League matches. Elijah Adebayo's on fire. And Sheffield United, by contrast, the only side without an away win in the Premier League this season. Do we need to say more about this? But just a little statistical, a little, a little, uh, a little nugget potentially. Mm. Last few games, I've been playing Adebayo and Carlton Morris up mm. front, like the quintessential two big lads up front. And what do you want if you've got two big lads up front? You want wingers that can beat their man and, and cross the ball in. And boy, do they have that because Alfie Doughty, who I've just fallen in love with this season. More crosses than any other player in the league. Sorry, any other midfielder in the league. Only okay. Kieran Trippier has got, has got more successful mm. crosses. And since he came into the team in, I think, late December, Ogbené has beaten his man more than anybody else in the league. So I just love how like perfectly sculpted they are um, for what they do. And yeah, I, 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 um, and, and I definitely over, over the Christmas period, and this is maybe sort of you know, night feed, sleep-deprived mania, Wondering if like Ross Barkley is maybe you know up for PFA Player of the Year this year. Like they they have got some really fantastic players in that team. Um, and by the way, just another little one. We're talking about the, the four four with um with with, with Newcastle. Um, we talked about how this this year there's you know what three point two Newcastle games. The last their last five games has been twenty seven goals. So so if you're looking for more entertainment, than five goals a game, more than five goals a game. If you're looking for entertainment, watch them against Forest on Saturday night. Brilliant. Yeah, I think aren't they something like they're tracking to score more and concede more than Kevin Keegan's entertainers <laughs> from the mid nineties, Eddie House, supposedly like sturdy team. Newcastle. They're like a cup team, Newcastle. Now they're great fun. They're good value. Hands up, who knew that you get a Premier League ball when you make your Premier League debut? Did you know this? Don't think I did know that. Okay, so Luton put out a very lovely little film this week of their former manager John Still, who they brought back in to present pretty much all their squad with their Premier League debut balls in one go. It was a special ceremony. And John Still was there because he was... They kind of hailed him as the man who kick-started their rise up the divisions because he got them promoted out of the, the National League. He did that one. Mm, oh, right. He did indeed. I mean, that might be a Luton thing. I don't know if it's a, an official you know, procedure. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Mm. I think you would have seen more of it. Like it a cat. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. Anyway, nice gesture from... Luton, uh, Sheffield United, if they concede a goal this weekend at Kenilworth Road, mm. they will equal Barnsley's record for the most goals conceded at this point of a Premier League season. Yeah, I mean, at least Sheffield United's players haven't been uh, rude about the women mm. of Yorkshire, unlike Barnsley when they were... Georgie Christoph. Yeah. What did they say? Uh, Charlie can pick this one up. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was... I can't remember the details, but it was very unflattering. He mm. went into details about the clothes they wore and right. things like this. That uh, Yeah, he, he found it very unattractive. Emerson did that at Borough, didn't he, as well? Did he? Similar sort of time yeah. as well. Yeah. when he was... I can't remember which Napoli player was moving to England. He said, you won't enjoy it there. The women are... He spoke disparagingly <laughs> about the women and said they don't use B-days either. <laughs> they so, don't. It's true. It, well, it is, isn't it? Uh, there you go. Sheffield United haven't won away to Luton since December 1994. Producer Charlie, who is fond of a what was number one, <laughs> would like to know what was top of the pop charts. December 1994? Uh, wasn't, well, wasn't Baby D Let Me Be a Fantasy? <laughs> Boom! <laughs> what? Boom! <laughs> that is so weird.
Immediately followed by a classic Christmas number one, Stay by E17. Yeah. Baby D was like a little, little yeah. jump into the mainstream for sort of jungle drum and bass yeah, to some yeah. extent, wasn't it? Was it? Great yeah. song. Yeah. Yeah. Was it two different, two different a of musical later. genres, of course, has been yeah, yeah. recently established on University Channel. Very much so, yeah, yeah. Uh, what else is happening this weekend? Uh, Chris, did you say Entrance? Yeah, well, that was a couple of set months later. Set Me Free, which I think of as quite a... Had a bit of a jungle beat. Yeah, yeah. I remember that being... Um, we'll talk about this instead, yeah, shall we? Performed on top of the pops. She was in a limo, I think, and out the, the, yeah. the sunroof. What was their follow-up I tried that hits? in the States once. I so please shut me down. <laughs> <laughs> With extreme prejudice. Entrance did, another, did a bad follow-up. Did they? I don't remember the follow-up. Yeah, they... Um, oh, what was it? It was a cover. I think they did Oh, What a Night, I think. I don't what, the old, uh, I think Entrance did a version of Oh What a Night. Oh, yeah. Uh, moving on, Sorry. Palace are hosting Chelsea this weekend. As I say, these are tense times at Selhurst Park. A lot of questions about whether Roy Hodgson would still be in place for that fixture. As we record, no further news on that. Also coming up, you've got Wolves against Brentford. Sounds familiar? That's right, listener. It's actually the fourth meeting between these two teams. In the space of just six and a half weeks, there was a 4-1 win for Wolves at the GTEC in the Premier League. And then there was a 1-1 draw there in the FA Cup. And then a 3-2 win for Wolves in the replay of that FA Cup tie at uh, Molyneux. Ooh, all right. Neil Mopé Claxon, what's he going to get up to this weekend, the scamp? Well, he's... He's almost perfectly designed to annoy everyone on the planet. So I'm just trying to think what would annoy Wolves fans most. Why he do people find some, Neil Mope so annoying? He is an irritant. But he, he's he's a pantomime irritant. Yeah. He knows he's, he man, I love him. Obviously, when he's playing West Ham, I want to kill him, right? But yeah. I love what he's done this year. He's really led into this. He, again, like, a bit of a throwback. You used to get a lot of players like throwback. that in the 90s. But no, everyone's so professional and, you know. Mope just straight in. He doesn't, he doesn't, um, doesn't mean to he, I mean, he is a... He is a Kind of somebody unites, doesn't it? Because everyone, against... he, you know, all fan bases despise him. But it, that's much. why I love the fact that it's so brazen. Like against Spurs. And indiscriminate. Yeah, yeah. He just doesn't care. He's <laughs> yeah. like a cluster bomb. Like against Spurs, I was generally la- laughing out loud that every time something happened, suddenly there was yeah. there was there was more pages nudging yeah. into someone for no reason. Winding them up. Now obviously the narrative there was, oh, but they ended up winning and they mm. did the dart celebrations back at him or whatever. But like I still think, like, um, you know, Thomas Frank is a quite a cerebral manager, right? Mm. He could he could be saying to Morpé, cut it out, mate, it's not worth it. But he doesn't. He clearly just yeah. lets him do his thing. You there's know? a kind of, there's a slight Clarkson Hammond vibe to Tony and um, and Mopé, whereas, you know, I think, they, you know, Mopé's more encouraged. Now Tony's back, he's almost Are more you encouraged. Are Top Gear? <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Stuart Lee version of, of when he takes it down. You know, and he said that Hammond is just the the kid that gets oh, in. Right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like, you know, now Tony's back. Mopé's even more sort of, you know. Yeah, I he's need got a license. To, the, mm. the big boy's back. I'm going to, yeah. So, God, God knows what they're going to get up to at Wolves. Maybe right. he'll go in for, for Huang and his potential jet lag having returned from. <laughs> well, it's disappointment from the Asian Cup. And yeah. it's disappointment from the Asian Cup. He'll go right. straight over there and say, maybe he'll like reveal a Jordan T-shirt. Yeah. Under his shirt. So how much better he thinks Son is than him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another key returnee, Huang Hee-chan, who scored 10 Premier League goals this season before he headed off to the yeah. Asian Cup. Mopé, though, Maybe as he himself um, would put it, living 
rent-free in all of our heads. Maybe most people could be the only person in the country to criticise Gary O'Neill's Monday Night Football appearance. That really <laughs> would set the cat amongst the Wang might not get back in, but because like Sarabi has done very well mm. since since um, since like, he's replaced Neto initially, then he sort of replaced Wang and Cunha. I feel like I've got to publicly apologised to Tim Spears. I think I sort of said one time I was on here that that um, it was the weirdest transfer of the summer mm. including Moises Caicedo because he scored like two in 17 last year for Wolves and then they paid probably had to pay 44 million pounds for him and they had form like you know they splashed loads of money on Guedes and Fabio Silva so I kind of thought this would be the latest failed attempt to replace Raul Jimenez but he looks great like kind of the complete Premier League forward I really really like him what he's done over the last couple of months has he yeah. scored in all five games in 2024 because Neil Mope has I don't think he has. Mm. Well, that's the other thing about Neil Mopey is that at any other club, he's rubbish. But at Brentford, he's amazing. Yeah. So it just works. There you go. It's going to be an interesting game, that one. Again, three o'clock Saturday. You know what that means. Oh, at tea time on Saturday, you can watch Forest against Newcastle, in which Benji says there will be lots of Five goals. Five goals at least. Yeah. yeah. Forest, a reminder, were 3-1 winners mm. In the reverse fixture in Newcastle on Boxing Day, Chris Wood with a hat trick. The only previous time Forrest have done the double over Newcastle is when <coughs> Forrest won the title back in 77 78. I don't know what was number one. Not Baby D. Mm. Anyway. Precursor uh, to Baby D. Also this weekend, <laughs> Baby D was literally a baby when. Mm. Yeah. Would have been. Uh, full, makes you think, doesn't it? Full, full <laughs> Bournemouth that Saturday at three. And uh, yeah, could be. Who knows? We'll see. And then we'll talk about it and say some wrong-headed things on Sunday night in our Totally Football show there. Today, we're going to wrap up after this with the big game that awaits us Sunday in the Côte d'Ivoire as the host nation take on Nigeria for the title of Champions of Africa. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. We're sponsored for this episode of The Totally Football Show by Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform helping you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, which is up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. Plus, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. And what's more, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 support is there to help your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Now, because you listen to The Totally Football Show, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash totally, all in lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash totally to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash totally. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson, the Football Content Awards International Podcast of the Year. Benji, as you mentioned, South Korea out. 
of the Asian Cup. Stunned by Jordan, who will take part in their first ever Asian Cup final, and they will take on hosts Qatar. That's on Saturday. God, who would have thought that Jurgen Klinsmann would have come such a cropper with South Korea? Hmm. We should also pay tribute to the role Harry Redknapp played in all this. Former oh. Jordan manager, of course. Oh yeah, it, I so completely uh, that. yeah. I think uh, it would be remiss not to give him some props. There Eight years ago, he was he was there. I think he did two games. <laughs> now, also this weekend, there's the grand finale of the AFCON. Daniel Story joins us now. Daniel, how's everything going there in the Côte d'Ivoire? Is this trip living up to all your wildest expectations? Yeah, last night certainly did. Uh, we left the stadium at around 20 past 11 for what should be about a half an hour journey. And the first two miles away from the stadium, the, the sides of the roads were just full of people waiting for the Ivory Coast team bus to pass. Uh, and yeah, to say it was a party atmosphere would be understating it. The roads just kind of full of people as we sort of nerdled and nudged through. It was, yeah, it was an astonishing. That's the first time I've seen Ivory Coast at this tournament. Um, and they're obviously growing into it. And yeah, the country has exploded into party. At the same stadium where they previously lost... 4-0 in the group stages to Equatorial Guinea, prompting them to fire their manager, this time around beating Democratic Republic of Congo, who I think you were bigging up at, at the uh, in our in our last chat, and booking their place in their home final. Absolutely extraordinary. What a goal from former Hammer Sebastian Haller as well. Radel hangs it back. Haller at the back post. Haller goal! Sebastian Haller. It was a curious strike, but enough to earn them their shot at glory in the final, Daniel. Yeah, it was. It was an odd strike. It sort of bounced it down accidentally, I think it's fair to say, into the ground and over Lionel and Passi. But uh, yeah, I mean, Ivory Coast deserved it. DRC started the game really strongly and I think we thought, oh, OK, this is, this is what we came to see. And then they sat back and it, it felt deliberate, but I think they were actually just goosed. You know, I think they were just tired after a long tournament. It was incredibly, even by Abidjan standards, it was incredibly humid last night. Did Haller celebrate? Or did he do his sort of like, I'm the man celebration? Uh, no, he went, he went crazy. Okay. Um, they all went crazy. After the game, um, they've been calling this team like the Revenant or tournament, the, the zombies. Um, but last night in the press conference, they were kind of trying to draw a line under that and say, hey, we know that the 4-0 was a failure. We know we didn't deserve to get through the group stage, but we're here. You know, we've got a new manager. We've got a new feel. There's four new players in the team last night, four changes. And it does feel like a completely different team. They have now got to face the best team in the tournament, but it's the final we wanted after all the upsets. Mm. Let's talk about the team they're facing in Nigeria. What remarkable drama about 85 minutes into their clash with South Africa when Victor Ozerman thought he'd put them 2-0 up only for VAR to intervene, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, AFCON's been crazy enough, but VAR kind of did a hold my beer. You ain't seen nothing yet experiment yeah I mean Osimhen his his one bit of great skill in the game to turn a defender to run into the penalty area he earns a penalty they score from and then he scores and as you say VAR comes back rightly so uh, and awards South Africa a penalty it was basically so he takes the ball right down the other end and, and gives South Africa the chance exactly right and they take it in the 90th minute um, and then it becomes a 
tale of two penalty takers in that uh, Mokoena scored his first one and then misses his in the shootout. Trusty Kong scored his in normal time and scored his in the shootout. He wasn't due to be the penalty taker at this tournament. Uh, Osimhen asked him to take a penalty against Ivory Coast in that group stage win and he's just kind of kept on keeping on with the penalties. I think he's probably, he's Nigeria's captain, I think he's probably been the player of the tournament so far just for their kind of relentlessness in the, in the knockout stages. Uh, they haven't conceded from open play since their opening game. Uh, so yeah, it's a fitting final. Uh, Trusty Kong, probably Nigeria's best player. I think Seku Fafana has been astonishing in the knockout stages for Ivory Coast. There was a there was a kind of doubt about those Saudi-based players coming into this tournament and their fitness. The central midfield of him and Frank Kessie are both in the Pro League and they have been phenomenal. Osimhen hasn't that scored yet. Defeat. He's Ossiman's... scored one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he scored one. once. Yeah, he's kind of weirdly been this sort of latent threat for Nigeria around which Moses Simon and Adam Ola-Lukman sort of run and roam. But yeah, the final is probably set up for him to score in it, I suppose. You called them the best team in the, in the tournament. Why, why do you make them such favourites for this final? Well, until last night, they, 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 by a distance, had the best front three with Osman, with Lukman and with Moses Simon. That slightly changed last night in that Simon Adinga and Haller both started their first games of the tournament. And Adinga is the best dribbler here. He was, he was excellent again last night. So that tightens it up a bit. But Nigeria's defence has been phenomenal since that opening defeat. Um, they're, they're not really giving away chances in open play, let alone, um, let alone goals. So... The atmosphere on Sunday will be incredible. Obviously, that will help. But yeah, to kind of repeat the point, this is the final we wanted. After all the big teams went out, after Senegal went out and Morocco went out, we wanted Ivory Coast, Nigeria. It's the first host to get to an AFCON final since 2006, which is yeah really surprising given the, the quality of hosts over that period of time. So yeah, this is what we wanted. Excellent. Nigeria beating South Africa on penalties. How many saves did uh, South Africa keeper Roman Williams make this time, Daniel? Yeah, not many. And uh, if if people haven't seen the penalty that Trusty Kong scored in the 90 minutes, yeah, watch it. I don't know if a, I don't think I've seen a penalty before where a goalkeeper didn't get a touch on the ball, and yet I blamed him for not saving it. He sort of dives the right way. And and actually, we should say Nigeria did their homework because they watched the South Africa penalties that Roman Williams saved, and they believed that he did what they call these Superman dives, where he fully extends himself as far as he can to get to the corner, rather than concentrating on necessarily where the ball's going when it's kicked. And Truce penalty just rolls under his legs after he flings himself to one side. So no, he didn't get to any. He's already had his hero worship. It's someone else's turn now. Mm, all very interesting. Excellent. All right. So the final coming up on Sunday, Daniel, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with you after that. Yes, look forward to it. Daniel's story in the Côte d'Ivoire. Very nice. Benji, so lovely to have you in today. Anything you want to add before we wrap it up? Uh, just, you know, musings on Arthur Masuaku, who sadly left mm. the AFCON last night. You know, he scored that goal in the um, quarters, direct from a free kick. Do you know what I'm talking about? And West Ham Twitter went into a sort of frenzy <laughs> saying, ah, finally, proof. Because he scored a similar goal from a similar oh, angle yeah. against Chelsea yeah. to beat them. A few and it was, was it ago. a cross? Was it a shot? Yeah, and everyone was like, ah, it's proof that he <laughs> meant it. And it. But nah, anyone that spent much time watching Arthur Masuaku should know that it's entirely possible that it was a mistake Slash fluke both times. Anyway, it's nice to see him. It's nice to see Arthur. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Benji. Thank you, Charlie Ackleshare and you. Duncan Alexander. And Rachel and Charlie in the booth. And you, listener. 
If you care to join us late Sunday, early Monday for our thoughts on the weekend, then uh, by all means do so. And then we'll have a special early Euro show Monday afternoon, which Daniel should be joining us for with his AFCON final report. Also, we'll be counting down to the return of midweek European fixtures. Last 16 in the Champions League and that special Europa League playoff round. Yikes. Uh, for now, though, that's it. Have a great weekend from all of us here. It's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Discover bonus video content by searching for The Totally Football Show on YouTube and see the very latest subscription offers at theathletic.com slash totally. The Athletic.